It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The, the, the bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to Game Week. We are finally here after a summer's worth of preparation. The Bills and the Jets is less than a week away. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you, as always, by Topps Friendly Markets. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Topps is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger. Topps World of Burgers is yours to explore. We're going to explore this Jets team uh, today with my good buddy Antoine Staley from the New York Daily News. Antoine, thank you so much, man, taking some time here early in the week. I appreciate you asking me to come on, man. It's good to be with you. What's it – I guess like the best place to start and just to – on the Jets in general, like it's gone from, I feel like zero to a hundred for you probably. And that whole media market, I know it's New York and it's always big time and it's always big media, but I feel like this off season has just had to have been a whirlwind from, from a journalist perspective. What's it been like covering this team and just the, the national noise around this organization? It's been like night and day compared to what it was last year. Last year it was a team that didn't have any expectations. I thought a lot of people thought, especially, you know, them win seven games they and having the opportunity to make the playoffs late in the season. They were a bit ahead of schedule. And now you go get Aaron Rodgers and, you know, get all this high expectations. And now you go from a team that finished in fourth place last year in the AFC East to, to people. I'm not saying me, but some people are talking Super Bowl with this team. And it's mm-hmm. crazy. Just uh, just all, all the attention, all the hype. I mean, yesterday. DJ Reed said, you know, he thinks this defense could be historic. And I'm like, you know, he compared it to the 85 Bears, which I'm like, wow, that's kind of, that's the that's the holy grail of all defenses. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it, every day is something. Like every day you know you're going to have something to write about. So it's fun from a journalistic standpoint from that perspective. But also it's, it's a lot going on right now with this team. That's so interesting, the juxtaposition between – how the Jets are approaching expectations and how the Bills historically under Sean McDermott have approached things as things have gotten ratcheted up a little bit. Like, you know, when 2020 came along and they traded for Stefan Diggs, like that was the first big offseason. It was during COVID, so it was kind of weird. But then 21 and then last year, obviously, is everybody's Super Bowl pick. Like they were the first to the microphone to downplay all expectations. Whereas I feel like the Jets got their chest puffed out. Like they're not afraid of any of these expectations. Do do you think that's a good thing? Or do you think that if things don't go well, especially early on with the tough part of their schedule in that first month, month and a half, does that have a, is there an opportunity to maybe have that impact them because of how high they seem on themselves? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they want, they want the smoke. They want all this smoke that's coming. And, you know, the good, the bad thing about all that is, like, they've been the media darling throughout the, throughout the entire offseason. But if they start losing, they lose to Buffalo. They got Dallas after that. They got New England. I know people are kind of discounting New England, but the Jets hadn't beaten them since 2015. So, yeah, I mean, this thing could 
that would, could be a snow could really snowball on them. So, and I think you would get you know a ton of media attention on the negative end. Everything's been positive because no games have been played so far. Everybody's zero to zero, and then but once the games get started, and we're gonna learn about the Jets and see how good they really are. But yeah, I mean, I think it's I think I actually asked Aaron Rodgers about that uh, last week, and he was he said he thinks some people might be jealous. You know of the attention that they receive, and you kind of saw it with the Ward play, uh, like on Hard Knocks, where you know during the preseason finale, where you know Aaron Rodgers got pushed, it was a little extra push and shoving, and you know trash talking after the fact. But I think that they have a target on their back because people, they you see it on ESPN, they get talked about every single day. Mm. Like they have it's thirty one other teams in the league, but they constantly always talk about the Jets. I mean, the, the Bills have won the division three years in a row. They don't have nearly the attention that the Jets have currently right now. And I think people are going to look to make an example out of them. <laughs> Got a comment from Jake here on YouTube said, based on the title of this video, it would be funny if this was a two second video of Matt just saying no, because the title of the video is, uh, are the Jets uh, a real threat to the Bills? And I think that that's a, such an interesting question because like, I think of all the teams in the division, like the Jets are constructed to be the toughest foe for the, the Bills in the division, right? I think Miami is the second best team in the division. And that's weird to say, and, and I'm still putting the Bills at the top, because I do think that if all things work right this season, the Jets could win the division. They could go on and maybe even be the top seed in the AFC. Who knows? I, I think it's limitless, limitless potential for this team. But I think that there's also a lot of things that could – go wrong. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a 40 year old quarterback. And I think that's a, a good place to start too, is like yeah. how concerned are Jets fans that maybe the age and potential durability concerns, could that play into this season? I think they don't think there was a concern about Aaron himself. I think they're concerned about the protection around Aaron. <laughs> I think the offensive right. line and, you know, it's been talked about heavily criticized there. Uh, you got Dwayne Brown, who you talk about Aaron Rodgers' age. Dwayne Brown's 38, you know, 38-year-old left tackle. You really don't see that a lot in the league uh, these days in particular. I mean, Jason Peters probably the most recent example. But other than that, yeah, you can't really – you have to go back pretty far to find a, you know, left tackle that's starting at that age. But, yeah, Dwayne Brown's coming off shoulder surgery, tore his rotator cuff last year, still played 12 games. But, you know, age is a concern with him. Makai Bethan. I think uh, a lot of potential. We saw it in his rookie year uh, in 2020, but really has not played uh, the last couple of years due to back-to-back knee injuries. So that's a concern there too as well. And the Jets had 11 different offensive linemen start games for them last year, who else the most in the league there. So, yeah, I think it's the protection around Aaron that I think the Jets fans are concerned about, and they should be, because uh, if things go south there, the injuries start to happen, which they're probably going to at some point then you wonder, like, how can this offensive line come critiques protecting him and uh, and they can't Aaron Rodgers stay healthy, quite frankly? You know, you've been around Aaron all offseason, so I wanted to ask you this question. Like, from afar, just watching a few Green Bay games last year, like, sure, was the offensive line an issue at times? For sure. But it did. it felt like a different version of the player. Now, there was a lot going on last year, and for Rodgers going leading into the season, I feel like it was a couple years of just, like, turmoil with that organization and I don't know how much that played into things but it just didn't seem like he was fully in on that season and at times maybe played like that on hard knocks it looked like 
the old Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was flinging the ball around. I mean, you had a couple moments where Robert Sala was just, you know, yucking it up with the boys on the sideline. Like, that's our quarterback, like all that kind of stuff. Where are you at with what you expect of the player, Aaron Rodgers, when they when they uh, start the season? I think I don't expect I spent a better season than last year. I don't know if you're going to get the MVP version of Aaron Rodgers, like from 2020 to 21 and 21. But I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's somewhere in the middle of the player that he was last year. He, he suffered a few injuries, uh, rib, and uh, also some hand like risk injury too as well. And I think you know that kind of also hindered his play. Not that I'm making any excuses, but. You know, it is kind of is what it is. But, you know, when you get older, you're going to have injuries. That's basically what it is. Like, you're going to be more susceptible to them. So I think you're going to see uh, a version of Aaron Rodgers sometime in the middle. But that, that's all the Jets really need. I mean, if they had Aaron Rodgers from last year, they would have made the playoffs. They would have been a wild card team, I believe. So, but to have a guy that I think, you know, that's going to be possibly in the MVP discussions that's really, you know, transformed their whole entire organization uh, within the last four or five months. I mean, it, they like I say, it's it's big. Like I think, I think for him, it's just about staying healthy. And you know, like I said, the offensive line protected them. But I definitely think you will start to see a little bit, some form of the old Aaron Rodgers, but not necessarily uh, that twenty twenty one uh, Aaron Rodgers. Offensively, what do you feel like? Past Garrett Wilson, we all know what he brings to the offense. Like. There's a bunch of Aaron's buddies uh, that he brought along with him, Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb. Who are the guys that you think really have a chance to elevate this offense in the passing game outside of Garrett Wilson? Because, you know, in Buffalo, Bills fans are used to it every single season. Stefan Diggs, you know what you're going to get out of him. All pro caliber player. It's always the question of who else is going to, you know, step up. Right now it's about Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, maybe even a Deontay Hardy and, and Dawson Knox. Who are those players in New York that need to step up alongside Garrett Wilson? And, and let me, before I give you my answer, like the Corey Davis retirement really hurt them in a way because, you know, I think it was a, a veteran that would, would provide some stability there. Now, you know, although you do have Alan Lazar and, you know, Randall Cobb and McCole Hartman, that's probably my answer, McCole Hartman. Like, I believe that. Uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to be asked to really step up. We kind of saw him, you know, in Kansas City be like a gadget guy type of deal, like when, in, you know, end arounds and, you know, just, you know, do these trick plays. But they're going to rely really, especially with Corey Davis retired, uh, rely on him to be, you know, an X factor in the uh, passing game. And they're going to need him to because, you know, I think, like I say, everybody's going to be keyed on Garrett. You know, Alan Lazar, I think, is a good, you know, two or three receiver. But they definitely need somebody else that can stretch the field. And I think that's what they expect McCole Hartman to do. Jessica uh, Tennis, one of our um, regulars in the chat, says, Antoine, throwing a question down for you. Isn't it great journalists like Greenberg, Mike Greenberg, and Rich Eisen can be diehard fans, not think they are better and above that? So refreshing. I will push back on this a little bit, Jessica, in the sense that I don't really feel like People like Rich, this is completely off topic, but it's a super chat. And we always talk about the super chats. Rich Eisen and Mike Greenberg, they've kind of graduated from journalism in a way. Like they're more in that realm of, you know, talk show host, like yes. national figurehead. It's a little bit different. And I do respect the fact that they are, you know, out there and open with it. But I don't think you'll see too many traditional like especially beat reporters um being outwardly fans of, of the team they cover 
Nah, not at all. Like I, yeah, I mean, everybody grew up fans of the game and all that. I'm not a Jets fan uh, per per se, but uh, everybody grew up fans of the game with certain teams or whatever, but I'm not just gonna, you just don't see that out there, especially with the people that have boots on the ground every single day, you know, in the facility or whatever, whether you did grow up a Jets fan or not. But I do respect, uh, like I said, Eisen is very entertaining. I, he does a great yes. job. He is a sensational interviewer. I mean, there was an interview that yes. he did with Robert Griffin III on a, a multitude of topics, but they got into the Stefan Diggs stuff um, a couple months ago. And to be honest with you, like Robert Griffin III takes a lot of heat sometimes. Like I thought he had some of the most nuanced, informative um, viewpoints on the dig situation that almost anybody has had. And I think a lot of that came from the way that Eisen directed the ship on that, in that interview. And I, I, I enjoy those shows. Yeah. I like, I like RG three. Like I don't understand the push, but I watch a lot of college football too. And then he does games like every single Saturday. So, and along with the NFL stuff, but yeah, I think he's tremendous, but yeah, Rich, Rich and Greenberg, I think are two different type of fans too. Like I think Greenberg is more like the super type fan, just out there, outlandish opinions and stuff like that. <laughs> I think Rich is more or less like, you know, he he is a fan, but he kind of understands, like he has a better understanding. And then he's not coming out with these hot takes like uh, some fans are out there. Hot takes like uh, <clears throat> Jason Whitlock and um, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> I don't know, exactly. man. Some of that stuff is just like horrible. That's what I said. I just need the season to start. I just need the season to start, like, at this point. Like, I'm just – it's crazy. Like, all these crazy hot takes. Like, once the games get started, then we'll we'll find out about a lot of these teams. For sure. Uh, Let's steer back to the Jets here uh, because I have a couple more really important questions that I feel like are going to help us set the table for this matchup as Bills fans try to get – an understanding of this Jets team. And um, before we get too far, though, I want to let everybody know uh, we have over 300 people uh, subscribed to the Shout Insider text line. Uh, And now we have an official sponsor for that text line. If you text 716-528-6727, you become a Shout Insider right now. And the Shout text line is now brought to you by Carrie C. Bayer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Latro located at 237 Main Street in Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LatroLaw.com. That's L-E-T-R-O-L-A-W.com. Shout out to Kerry and Letro Law uh, for coming aboard on Shout. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Let's get into this running back situation because last year, man, was Brees Hall special, dude. Like, I I didn't know. Like, I, I remember, like, around the draft time, a lot of Bills fans were hoping the Bills would pull the trigger, even in the first round, on Brees Hall uh, coming out as maybe the top running back in that class. And he looked better than anything else, um, that anything else out there that I saw on him. He, he, he exceeded that. So what are the expectations for Brees Hall? Let's start with him. Well, he's coming off an ACL injury, and he's like less than a year removed from that. I think I think that's why you go out and get a guy like Dalvin Cook, so you're not relying so much heavily on him. If you look at the history of running backs coming off ACL injuries, especially recently, it's not really good. You know, the body of work there. Uh, look at Saquon Barkley. I think that's probably the most recent example I can point to. He came back in 2021 off the ACL injury. 
think he had over a little bit 500 yards rushing. Just didn't look like himself. And then the Giants rely so much heavily on him. Come back to 2022, he starts looking like the old Saquon Barkley that we remember, one of the best players in the league. I think for the Jets, they want to, you know, I think they expect Brees Hall to, you know, be a significant contributor. However, I just don't think they're uh, going to put so much on him. That's that's why you go up and sign Dalvin Cook and he can take pressure off of him. And then later on in the season, you know, when you start to get a little, a little bit, you know, Brees Hall starts to get a little bit stronger in the knee and get some wind under him and everything like that. I think he'll be, you know, more of your ball carrier there for the Jets later on. I, I thought it was interesting, like the just the situation that Cook enters, because you're right. There's this huge opportunity for him early in the season. How do you feel like that will progress him interpersonally with the rest of you know his teammates once they get to potentially a place where Brees Hall ends up taking that featured back role or you know starts games? Like, how do you feel like Dalvin Cook will approach that? Well, I think, you know, he understands the situation. Uh, he's getting paid, you know, quite a bit of money for it as well. And I think, you know, they're going to they're gonna play the high hand too at times. I mean, the Jets use a variety of different running backs. We saw it last year, even in the game against Buffalo. I mean, they had James Robinson. That was really the only significant, you know, game James Robinson had for the Jets was against Buffalo. They had James Robinson, Michael Carter. Uh, they, they're going to use like a variety of different running backs. So, you know, have Michael Carter. He'll be in the midst too as well. But yeah, I definitely think for him, uh, he understands that it's, it's going to be a shared role too. And also Brees is the future. But for Dalvin, it's going to be a year for him to, you know, one, show he can stay healthy and bounce back too. I think a lot of people think, you know, at 28, he might be starting to show a little bit of decline there. His yards per carry was the lowest of his career. But, yeah, having him maybe unlimited carries can still show that he is still one of the better running backs in football. And I definitely think, you know, even in a limited role, which, you know, way or may not happen depending on what happens with how good Brees is, I definitely think, you know, he'll still be a significant contributor. And I think he understands the situation too. Um, What do you think the workload will look like on Monday night between the three backs? Obviously, Michael Carter in the mix there as well. If you had to predict – uh, just the best guess how they kind of divvy things up for those guys. Probably 50% Dalvin, um, like 20, 25% uh, Brees, and then probably some 25% Michael. I think gotcha. that's probably the way you'll you'll have it, you know, sliced up as well. Again, I don't think they want to give Brees, you know, a whole lot early. He actually had a uh, practice off on Monday you know, for the Jets as well, that they're going to, I think that's going to be a thing throughout the season, you know, giving him some days, kind of like a bet day, although he's not technically a bet, he's a second year player, but they understand like he is the future of the team and they don't want to push him, you know, further. It's like so far where something else happens, you know, to him, he re-injures some kind of, he has a re-injury or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, let's, let's shift gears over there because I think that that to me is going to be, the matchup that decides this game on Monday night, the Jets elite defense uh, against the Bills elite offense. And obviously the Bills are hoping the addition of Dalton Kincaid, some other offensive weapons that they've kind of sprinkled in around Diggs and Davis, you know, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. Um, they're hoping with, you know, the addition of some physical runners and Damian Harris and Latavius Murray that they, you know, Ken Dorsey has more options at his disposal when, when going week to week against some different kind of stylistic matchups, the Jets were, if you want to talk about a defense that coordinated and executed the best against the Bills offense last year was the Jets, without a doubt. 
Is there anybody that they lost off of that defense that has you concerned? Where is your level of expectation on this defense? Do you think they're as good, better? Like, where, where do you kind of fall on the Jets defense uh, from a general sense? I'll provide context, like, on the, before I answer my question. Like, they returned uh, eight of their 11 starters on defense, too. You can count – if you want to count Michael Carter as a starter as well, like the nickelback, like Michael Carter the second, like he is, you know, technically a starter. Like, you could say nine. But I think Quan Alexander, I think that's, you know, at the linebacker position, uh, Jamie Sherwood is taking over for him. He has – very limited experience. I mean, he had played some last year, especially the season finale against Miami. Uh, somebody they do like, somebody they converted safety, you know, from, from safety to linebacker coming out of college at Auburn. Uh, they like him. They like his versatility. They think he can fly all over the field. But, you know, it's, again, it's different when, you know, you're playing in the preseason or also these joint practices. Now you're, you know, taking these live bullets against a team that's won the division three years in a row. And I wonder, uh, I still think their defense is going to be good. But, you know, you're looking at a weak spot for the Jets defense. I wonder if that might be a weakness that, especially when you talk about tight ends like Dawson Knott and, and uh, Kincaid, who I really like coming out of Utah. I wonder if the Bills are looking at a way to try to expose him, especially with the little bit of experience that he has. What makes Sauce Gardner so special for people that, you know, maybe just casually have watched him at times? Like I know some of the um, critics would say that he's he's ultra handsy in his approach, but like you cover him on a daily basis. He's there's no denying the level at which he plays at. And I think. When he lines up against Stefan Diggs, it is going to be must-see TV on Monday night. What makes Sauce so special? And do you feel like we've just seen them, him kind of tipping the surface? Do you expect more from him in year two? Yeah, I mean, his crit, especially Dolphin fans, I tend to find like they're the ones that, you know, <laughs> criticize him probably the most. But yeah, I think uh I think just his humility, and then he's a football savant too. He he's even said a lot of people say that he's the best quarterback in football, but he's pushing he pushes back on that, saying like I've only played one year. Like you know, it takes time for you know for somebody to be at that level. But I think just him, just his length, his that's the first thing for me. Like this man is like stretch out there on the field with his long mm -hmm. arms and reach there. You can like I say, you can talk about you know him being handsy, but you know I think some of the best quarterbacks get away with, you know, whatever refs allowed him to get away with. And I think he he kind of walks that line and he understands where the line is. And he's able to that lose his lift to kind of bother wide receivers there. I think, again, you think you kind of saw that in both Buffalo games last year too as well. And, you know, he's like I say, he also has very – you know, his speed is very deceptive, too. You wouldn't think of a guy that look, kind of looks like him as, you know, really fast, but he is. Like, he is a very fast guy. So, you have the combination of, you know, elite corner skills, uh, his length, and the speed to go along with it. You get one of the best, at least one of the best cornerbacks in football. You know, whether you want to talk about, you know, Pat, Patrick Sertain, the second for Denver, I think, you know, those two are really in that conversation to be the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um I'm so excited to have Antoine on here. I mean, he's helping us set up uh, this matchup, get us uh, a little bit more learned up on this New York Jets team. And if you want to gear up and get ready for game day and win, head over to Tops uh, Friendly Markets right now. You can elevate your food game and automatically receive a chance to win hot prizes every time you purchase a product from fan favorite brands like Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Powerade, Body Armor, Lay's, Cheez-It, Frito-Lay, Kraft, Heinz, and so much more now until uh, October 28th. 
from September 3rd through uh, September 16th. Every time you buy brands like that, you score points and you're entered for a chance to win a smoker. Uh, they'll have prizes, uh, a smokeless fire pit, a flat top grill, and then even a pizza oven later in October. Head over to Tops Friendly Markets, uh, uh, your local store or the website to learn more. All right, I'm going to close things out here with you, Antoine, and I want to ask about some players that maybe aren't on the divisional or national radar that you think are poised for maybe not a breakout season, but somebody that people aren't talking enough about going into this season on, on both sides of the ball for the Jets. Well, I think DJ Reed is a guy like, I think he gets overshadowed by South Gardner, but I really thought DJ Reed had a really, really good year last year. And I think he, I think he deserved at least last year to be among the conversation as one of the best cornerbacks, you know, especially if you talk about the top 10 list, I think he was a top 10 corner last year. I'm not going to say he was number five or number or stay on the same level as sauce, but yeah, he, he was really good last year. And I expect him, you know, especially with, you know, teams probably not targeting sauce, like they'll probably go with him. And so I definitely think DJ Reed is a guy uh, definitely to watch out for uh, offensively. Uh, I definitely think Tyler Cochran and I think CJ, uh, CJ Uzada, um, I think both of those guys uh, could be, you know, bit factors in the Jets passing game too, especially because they run a lot of 12 personnel uh, to tight end sets. And I definitely think, you know, Aaron Rodgers likes the tight end too as well. So especially with the loss of Corey Davis, I think those guys could be bit factors in the passing game. Uzama is really interesting because I thought he was kind of finding something in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. I think the year they went to the Super Bowl, he had that really nice run in the playoffs. And I feel like getting to New York at the perfect time, or did he play with them last year? I can't remember. Yes, he did. He, he did play there. with them last year. And I think I felt like it wasn't the perfect time when he got there because obviously Zach Wilson and the you know uncertainty at quarterback, the the level of play, getting Aaron Rodgers now in the mix. And you mentioned the fact that historically has elevated tight ends a lot like he's somebody i'm really intrigued about i mean even maybe even like a a fantasy sleeper if you're looking for a late round tight end yeah for sure like i think they're both of those guys i think are going to get the ball a lot uh especially in this offense there and again it's gonna be so much attention to garrett and the running game obviously with dalvin and Brees. but yeah i think those guys are going to get a lot of opportunities uh, offensively for Balls. I think both of them have an opportunity to get over 50 catches this year. That's how much I think Aaron Rodgers will rely on the tight ends. And I think like, even last year when the quarterback circus, you know, with the Jets too, I think, you know, Tyler and uh, CJ were definitely a uh, bit crit factors in the passing game. All right. Before I get you out of here, just you don't have to give a prediction necessarily. If you have one and you want to throw it out, feel free to. But just like, how do you see this game going? Because like, there's going to be such a scene in New Jersey on Monday, you know, nine 11, the backdrop of the history there, Monday night football, two of the most, you know, the, the biggest Super Bowl contenders in the league, they play in the same division, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, two of the top quarterbacks in the league, elite defenses. It's eliteness everywhere you look like, what do you think are the keys to this game and how do you see it kind of playing out? I think it's going to be a heavyweight fight, kind of like what you kind of what you saw last year when the Jets played the Bills. I think both games, really, uh, they both were pretty tight there, came down really to the end, uh, especially the one in Jersey where it seemed like that was that was the big the Jets biggest one of the year. Like nobody thought they were going to upset the Bills that particular day. The Bills were such on a high. I guess you talked about it earlier. They, they were had the Super Bowl 
you know, contenders and possibly winning the AFC. But yeah, I definitely think it's going to come down to who can run the ball the best. Obviously, turnovers there. And I definitely think, you know, the two quarterbacks there, obviously, Josh Allen, you know, he's, you know, fantastic talent, you know, especially with his legs and the way he throws the football there. And, you know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers and what he does too, just being pinpoint accurate you know, and his position. So I definitely think it's just going to come down to, you know, running the football there late and also can you take care of the football? I definitely think we kind of saw that in the games last year in both matchups, especially the second one where, you know, it seemed like the Jets were driving there at the end and then Michael Carter fumbled and that really was all she wrote there for the Jets and the Bills ended up pulling that one out at Orchard Park. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much, man, for joining me today. Can you let everybody know where they can find your stuff this week and beyond? Cause I feel like Bills fans, even though they probably won't like it as the jets, uh, maybe compete for the division, they'll probably want to stay attuned with uh, what's going on there in, in New York. It's crazy enough. I got a lot of bills fans follow me. So yeah, it's a lot of yeah. Bills fans, obviously, especially me covering the dolphins in the past. So a lot of bills, obviously dolphins and jets, but yeah, you follow me at Antoine Staley on all social media platforms. Also follow my work at New York daily news as well. Awesome stuff. He's Antoine. I'm Matt. Ryan will be back in the saddle tomorrow night. The staple show Wednesday night, getting you ready for bills versus jets. And actually the bills, um, no media availability today. They will start their week tomorrow on media day. We will start it off at noon with Sean McDermott. We will get uh, Josh Allen after practice and then open locker room. And then we get off, uh, giddy up and go. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. Thanks Antoine. Yeah. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.